Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I'm going to go over some very fascinating information that's come to my attention. And I've titled this talk, Strange Disappearance and Death of Cool Infinity, Remote Viewing in the SFKMO Confirmed. So the Smiley Face Killings Modus Operandi Confirmed, question mark. And uh, this whole phenomenon of the Smiley Face Killings, I shorten it down to the acronym, the SFK, it's a lot easier. And just just in parlance, that's what this phenomenon just has gotten its name, just like any other serial killer gets a nickname or something like that. So this is the phenomenon of younger men being out late at night, typically, or alone, disappearing, disappearing for a time, huge search, later to be found in places that were already searched or something under mysterious circumstances. So I made this video that I'm going to play here. If you're watching this on Rockfin, I made this a while back. And Colin Finnerty was a remarkable guy. He was, I think he won the national championship for the B college, uh, B league three years in a row. Uh, so he was like one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in college football, at least for those, for that league. And he disappeared May 20th, 26th to the 20th, 2013. He was 30 years old at the time of his disappearance. He was found dead two days later in Michigan. And there's been a lot of cases that I've studied in Michigan like this. Uh, some that come to mind are Guy, which is a well-known case. There's another one, Trowbridge. Gruno was in North uh, Michigan. He was found in a pond. He left a bar and was found in a pond. And Medizo, who was an African-American guy, M-B-I-D-I-Z-O was his name. <clears throat> and I also covered Latunsky, who lived outside of Lansing, Michigan, who was found as a killer i believe in my assessment that he was only caught for one killing um but a guy who I, it's easy to remember because he shared the same name with the famous actor kevin bacon but latunsky had a dungeon and was really he left a very easily easily to find trace of his ideas on social media a lot of weird wolf culture in groups howling uh very menacing kind of me mentality but I think Lutonsky probably wasn't his first killing was this guy, kid, Kevin Bacon, who met on Grinder. So there is this kind of Grindr um, male dating app connection to a lot of these cases they come across. I think probably Dakota James, Joey LaBute, Columbus, Ohio. So this is a really fascinating case. A guy named uh, Frank sent me something. He uh, had a curiosity about this case. And I'm going to go into it after I played this video, but um, really fascinating. And, and we can get into remote viewing. This is something I don't usually cover, but I probably have to cover now. And then this whole, the whole situation for people who don't know is almost like a scribe and seer or a seer and scribe. If you go back in kind of occult history, whether it's John D and Kelly Crowley and Newberg, uh, Joseph Smith and this guy, what was his name? Um, Sidney Rigdon, I think was his name. But they both, they all did this whole kind of thing where one person would look into something and then another person would write stuff down. So the modern remote viewing developed by the CIA in Cold War was somewhat similar. It really, I don't know if the CIA acknowledged the occult or esoteric uh, genealogy of this kind of phenomenon or looking into that stuff but uh i seem to i mean i see the similarities so i'm going to play this video then i will go into this reading of 
what these remote viewers who can be paid, you can find them. And these are uh, specialized uh, experts. So they sell their services to do what they do. Uh, much like a psychic, maybe, or something like that. Maybe some psychics. There's been psychics who've looked into the cases of smiley face killings. Um, and uh, you can see those actually online in some of these cases they've gone into. And there's probably a whole encyclopedia of uh, criminal cases where psychics have gotten involved, whether they've had success or not is a whole other story. So I'll play this. This is Colin Fenry. I have a lot longer videos of this. He was actually featured in the New York Times. There's a small kind of documentary about him as well online on YouTube. And um, I took pieces of that and put this together. But his like just a long and short was he went out hunting, disappeared. His cell phone was pinged in multiple places. So they knew that his cell phone was pinged in multiple locations, which is very strange for somebody who disappeared. And that's the same that it's been. There's been other cases like that. And I think maybe the people... Uh, committing these crimes, not knowingly leave cell phones at the scene of where the bodies are found or where people disappeared just so that the cell phones don't ping in other locations. There's another case, Kelleher out of uh, Boston. T he left TD Gardens, just like a lot of these other guys left TD Gardens. It's like a hunting spot or something. Whether that the uh, William Hurley was another one, but Kelleher was traced crossing the bridge over the Charles North and then his cell phone pinged going south. But Colin Finnerty had kind of the same phenomena, same fact pattern within his missing case, missing person case. He's a young guy, kind of a big guy, 6'2", 230. But I'll play the video and then I'll go into and read to you the contents of this remote viewing uh, about the death and disappearance, the disappearance and death of Colin Finnerty. It's about the suspicious disappearance. This is from an old, this is like before I did, I think even I did my first documentary on the Smiley Face Killers in 2017. I can't believe I've been researching this phenomenon off and on for that long now. It's like six or seven years, but um, I got this, this channel back from YouTube after being censored. And then they gave me another strike. But some of these videos are still out and about. Um, but yeah, this is an old video, man. Hi, this is William Ramsey. The following video is about the suspicious disappearance and death of Colin Finnerty. It's based off an earlier video I did about the suspicious disappearance and drowning of Todd Guy in Michigan. So if you get a chance, go back and take a look at that on my channel. Colin Finnerty was a remarkable Division II college quarterback. At the time of his disappearance, the ex-athlete was 30 years old, 6'2", and about 230 pounds. He was born in Brighton, Michigan, and played college for Grand Valley State. Colin Finnerty led Grand Valley State University to three national championships in 2003, 2005, and 2006. By the end of his career in 2006, Finnerty was the winningest quarterback ever in college football history. Get the ball in the end zone. He just had this mentality of kind of invincibility. We kind of all thought he was Superman. You leave here with three national... This is from this... Uh kind of like a sports take on Finnerty, this documentary. I can't remember the name of it now. Let's put that in perspective for us. Unbelievable. I mean, you can, you can script about it right now. It's unbelievable. On the evening of May 25th, 2013. And just for people, just for the audio, this is a map of Michigan. Nearby cabin, Colin Finnerty decided to go fishing near Baldwin in western Michigan. 
Cole Infinity would not be seen alive. And that's uh, directly north of Grand Rapids. Five again. One hour later, at 9.27, Colin Finnerty called his wife, telling her he was being followed by two men, one of which was 20 feet behind him. Two more calls were made at 9.34 and 9.36. Colin Finnerty gave his wife his coordinates on his iPhone. When his wife went to find him, he was not there. Finnerty had a past addiction to painkillers, and this was not the first time he thought he was being followed. One year earlier in Detroit, he thought the FBI was following him, and he was in a panic for four or five days. When Finnerty didn't return from his fishing trip, a massive search took place. January was. Another night passed. No sign of Finnerty. Well, it's been over 24 hours. And what we're concerned with now is his health and safety. A large group of people set out to find Finnerty. This is very standard de rigueur on these smiley face killings. There's huge search teams uh, looking for these people. And there's a picture of his wife. Grand Valley State sent a bus of coaches, players, and staff to look for Finnerty. By then, nearly 40 officers and hundreds of volunteers were scouring the woods. Search crews are exhausted after searching all day for a former Grand Valley State football quarterback, Cullen Finnerty. On May 28th, two days after his disappearance, Cullen Finnerty was found dead, face down in a forested area. Lined up along this this dirt road, it was Chuck Martin, my wife, and then myself. We were walking through people's backyards. There were sheds and stuff, and you're thinking if he was spooked or you know afraid of something, maybe he's capped out in one of these sheds. We could hear vehicles going to and fro. It was very clear to me that Cullen would have been able to find his way out of there. And right at about 7:40. My wife screamed out to me, oh my God, I think I found him. Tragic news to report tonight. The body of former GBSU standout quarterback Cullen Finnerty has been found. Now the sheriff says that they're treating this area as a crime scene. A very sad night here tonight in Lake County. Now investigators are trying to determine exactly how he died. You got this kid, he's laying in the woods and he's out in the middle of nowhere and I'm just thinking, you know, I thought he was murdered because it looked like his right. He he thought he was murdered. The body was in a weird position. He's face down, and it, it is remarkable when you look back. Or me, I've covered so many of these cases, hundreds now. At least the ones that obviously kind of fit the mo, which we'll talk about in later on in this conversation or discussion. But how much media attention they get? There's usually somebody on the scene. Somebody's disappeared. Local news usually cover these disappearances. It's very remarkable. There's a really important kind of history slash reservoir of knowledge from all these uh, news reports, news reporters, local news reports. And I included a lot of them in my first documentary, that's for sure. Body had been dragged there. Just face down, couldn't see any part of his face whatsoever. Colin Finnerty's body was found roughly one mile away from where he was last seen. During the time he was disappeared, his phone pinged in four different locations that were four and a half miles apart. After an autopsy, the official cause of death was pneumonia, exacerbated by opiate use, and chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or level two brain damage. The pneumonia conclusion is very odd, considering that he was not seen ill prior to his fishing trip. The question is, what caused him to inhale liquid into his lungs? 
On June 8, 2013, the New York Times wrote a lengthy article about the disappearance and death of Colin Finnerty and ascribed his death to traumatic brain injury. However, what they don't explain is why Colin Finnerty was missing for almost two days, why he thought he was being followed by two people, and how his phone pinged in a variety of different locations. Finnerty left behind a wife and two children. All right, so that's the old kind of video I did years ago, and I'll probably have to do an updated video at this point with this kind of additional information that I have. Um, but let's see. So let me talk more about this. And uh, the letter, this whole information I have is about six pages long. So I will uh, just kind of read this in. This is from Frank, like I said said uh, he writes to me i stumbled upon something that directly relates to some of your work here's what happened out of a private curiosity i commissioned a couple of remote viewing or rv sessions on unexplained disappearances that might or might not have a supernatural component to them now during one of these sessions which had been conducted by professional remote viewers something totally unexpected surfaced that ties in with your thoughts regarding the supposed smiley face killers the case in question was the strange death of Colin Finnerty. It's F-I-N-N-E-R-T-Y if you're listening to the audio. In an earlier YouTube video of yours, you had summed up its stunning details. Of course, you did not suggest that his death would be SFK related, given that Finnerty's body was found on land, not in a body of water. For that same reason, I myself did not even think of a possible SFK connection, either when I was preparing, preparing the RV session. I watched your 2017 documentary years ago, but then basically forgot about it until I got these viewing results. For context, as you certainly know, the remote viewing method was developed by the CIA during the Cold War for espionage measures. It can be a thought of as a controlled and technical version of what is other, otherwise known as divination. I talked about that earlier. Its basic effectiveness has been proven in hundreds of stunning cases throughout the decades, covering a wide, wide range of targets in both private and military settings. But it is important to understand that RV results are never 100% accurate. Most importantly, they can be distorted by, say, consciousness fields that are foreign to the target but might be picked up by the viewer. These include, for example, subconscious expectations of the viewers or the client, public opinions on a popular subject matter, or cover narratives that have been intentionally, quote, put there, unquote, for so-called target protection. An RV session usually involves two people. The so-called monitor who guides the actual viewer through the session has been briefed by the client about the already established target details. The viewer, however, the medium, if you will, acts totally blind. Even the questions here she is being asked by the monitor would be encoded as to keep the viewer in the dark about the target's nature. For example, the monitor might ask, what led to X of Y, with him only knowing that X stands for death and Y for a certain person? The viewer only hears X and Y, yet the procedure still works. For easier comprehension, I will remove these codes in the following transcript. So we're going to go through the transcript of this RV session. Disclaimer, by sharing the following RV results, I do not make any statement or claim about what did or did not happen to Mr. Finnerty. I'm simply sharing what happened during the two-hour RV session by presenting the essential unedited parts of the original dialogue between monitor and viewer. The aforementioned possible SFK connection will then be self-explanatory, despite the fact that Finnerty was found on land, 
but very close to a lake and a stream. The impression that I get is a type of killing procedure similar to the supposed modus operandi of the smiley face killers has been applied or had been applied. But perhaps the concluding attempt to dump the body into the lake was interrupted, possibly by local people getting in the perpetrator's way. But see for yourself. That's Frank. So then we'll go kind of go through the record of the viewing session. And for people who followed the smiley face killers, a lot of these, uh, the situation will sound very familiar. So the target definition unknown to the viewer, right? So you have the monitor and the viewer. The monitor is keeping the information. The viewer is trying to just receive the information. Describe what happened to X from the moment of his first call onwards. And we introductory levels. Monitor asks for general impressions. Viewer, it's like being sedated. Also like frozen. Something is being held and something is coming to daylight. This is the viewer again. A field. Something must be pushed forward. Feels rather cold. Strange environment. Monitor. How do you feel at the target? Viewer. My heart starts beating. Bit of a claustrophobic emotion. Monitor. What impressions are you getting from the environment? Viewer. And remember, the viewer is not supposed to know anything. So this is just kind of what he's receiving. Viewer. It is somewhere. I don't know. Out of town. The surrounding is not a city. It's somehow... It is sad. And uh, Finnerty was in a very rural area. If you look back at this at this map, it was uh, Baldwin or whatever. It was very close to, I think, federal or state uh, parks. So there shouldn't be a lot of people around there. Monitor, anything else you perceive? Viewer, yeah, like consternation, complete bewilderment. Something like, how can that even be happening? Monitor, is this bewilderment? Is it coming from Finnerty? Viewer, yes, of course. Monitor, what do you think of the target? Viewer, I find it really sad myself now. And then it goes on to the next one. Viewer is on target. Monitor, what does the target do to you? Viewer, it makes me sad and extremely furious. Monitor then asks for other subjects at the target. Viewer, there are like two groups of people. There's a lot of talking. And then the monitor asks about Finnerty's state. Viewer, Finnerty is actually like in a quote freeze, unquote, you know, like when you are frozen. Monitor, is it just Finnerty being in the state or other individuals as well? Viewer, there are two or three people in that that are in this type of state or something similar. Monitor, what do you perceive at the target? Are there complex structures, etc.? Viewer, I am getting something like a prison. And then the viewer now notes down a so-called AOL or analytic overlay, quote, shack or cabin, meaning this is how she interpreted the data. Yet the actual structure at the target could be somewhat different. Monitor, what does the surrounding of the shack look like? Viewer. Quite green, somehow wild, hilly. It's a rural setting. There's something like a farm nearby, wood. Everything is pretty old. A lot of stuff is laying around, not very orderly. Monitor asks for perceived actions. Viewer, they are trying to destroy something and exert pressure. Monitor, what is the intention behind that? Viewer, something resembling revenge, not a nice feeling, wanting to win their case. 
monitor. What is happening there functionally? Viewer, humiliation, oppression, and the willingness for like a handshake, like saying, quote, yes, unquote, to something. Monitor, what is Finnerty's goal? Viewer, negotiation, justice. Wait, there's something else. Quote, I want to leave, unquote. Or, quote, I'm going away, unquote, or so. And then this is part three of the viewing, the remote viewing. Timeline, main events between first call and discovery of the body. Monitor asks about the per viewer's perceptions. The viewer, viewer, there's something, almost like a panic. Finnerty cannot leave. It feels like he can't go away. Quote, I am stuck, unquote, he says. Monitor asks how Finnerty got there. Viewer, he was brought there by the kidnappers and by, quote, somebody, unquote. Monitor, how is Finnerty doing there? What emotions are present there? Viewer, wow, this is intense. Something between hope and death panic. Monitor, what do the kidnappers want? Viewer, there is this incredible fury, almost like a blind rage that is wiping out all emotions. Monitor, and what about this somebody? What is his intention? Viewer, it's like someone holding out their hands. Someone is profiteering. Someone that is profiteering. Monitor asks about a point later in the timeline. Viewer, there are negotiations, but there's also a tremendous fear that something might go wrong. Monitor, what is happening to Finnerty now? Viewer, it's like Finnerty is being badly neglected. Monitor, is Finnerty alone now? Viewer, yeah, basically. It is as if he is inside some cave-like thing from which he can't escape. Stuffy air. There's almost no light, and he is being put under pressure. Monitor, by whom? You said there's nobody there. Viewer, well, it's not like there's never someone present. Monitor, how is Finnerty being put under pressure? Viewer, mostly through isolation, like a humiliating keeping. Finnerty is alone most of the time, and it is really scary. It causes panic. However, every now and then, someone shows up briefly and leaves again. Whenever this someone comes, there is a threat or a humiliation, and he leaves again. Monitor, is there a physical attack on Finnerty? Yes, there is some type of physical attack or abuse. I can't say exactly what it is. Monitor, but the kidnappers are absent now. Viewer, they are somewhere in the background. Monitor, but still active. Viewer, yes, they are. Monitor, asks about the perpetrator's intention at this point. Viewer, it's like resembling an obliteration. Monitor, but why? Viewer, the one thing is to cover something up. Another would be punishment. However, the kidnappers themselves feel like being trapped as well. Or maybe trapped isn't the right word here. They are under pressure. Monitor, ask the viewer about their general impression. Viewer, it's disgusting. And there are kind of writers, sometimes the viewer will actually use kind of like write down, kind of cartoonish, maybe stick figure, rough drawings of things he's perceiving so there is like uh, an adjunct there's also maps and stuff so there was not just uh verbal kind of words being exchanged
Part four, interviewing the kidnappers. Note that some answers are coming directly from the kidnappers, while others are given by the viewer as a third-person account. Question, what is your intention regard to Finnerty? Answer, I want to get rid of this swine. Question, why him? Answer, I was humiliated, and Finnerty had the better cards anyway. Question, do you know Finnerty? Answer, yes, but not very well. Question, where are you from? Viewer, he says he's not from here. Question, this is the monitor. What does that mean? Viewer, he says that from our perspective, he would be the stereotypical criminal foreigner, and he's grinning. Question. Ask whether there is a hierarchy and who would be higher up, the kidnappers or this somebody. Viewer, this somebody is higher up. Question, who is this somebody? Viewer, he is pulling all the strings. Question, did you act on behalf of him? Answer, I told this somebody what it is about because I do not have any experiences in this regard. Part four, interviewing Finnerty. Question, or the monitor, how exactly have you died? Answer, I was pushed and coerced into that. Question, were the kidnappers involved in that? Answer, yes. Question, what exactly did the kidnappers do to you so that you died? Answer, I was betrayed and handed over. Question, was this somebody involved as well? Answer, yes. Somebody's capitalized, so there's some kind of formal... Uh, assignation, just not a name. <clears throat> Question, what does this somebody do? Answer, I won't be here anymore. I won't live. Question, monitor, what tries to figure out what exactly had been done. Answer, I feel like being dumped. They both, the kidnappers and somebody, knew exactly what they were doing. Viewer, wait, there's something else coming in. It was supposed to look like an accident, if that makes sense. Part five. Viewer gets more details. Monitor asks about the viewer's overall understanding of the data so far. Viewer, it looks like a brutal stitch-up. There's nothing like chance or mercy being involved. Monitor, how did Finnerty die? Could you perhaps draw a sketch? Viewer, well, I kept seeing the shack or whatever it is. I only saw it from the inside. And he draws a sitting figure. All I saw was a person sitting and not doing well. And there was stuff, dirty stuff, like on an old farm. And every now and then, this person or another person comes in. Then he draws two upright standing figures representing kidnappers. Monitor, is there something that was done earlier? Viewer, something I'm getting is dirt. Too much dirt or soil. Monitor, what do you be, mean by that? Viewer, it's like an exhaustion. A systematic exhaustion resembling torture. The two upright figures keep coming in and doing something until Finnerty is eventually giving up. Monitor, what exactly was done there? Viewer, something I'm getting is, and this is very weird. Finnerty is getting, this is very confusing for me. Monitor, no, it's all right, go ahead. Finnerty is receiving like many vaccinations or injections right there at this location, not at a hospital or so. Monitor asks what they gave Finnerty. Something liquid. They're, now we're finally getting to the root of the matter. Something liquid keeps coming over him, over his upper body or face. Monitor. What does that mean? Viewer groans. It's going from here to here. He draws something covering the sitting figure's face from the neck to the head's crown. 
In this area, they keep putting something on him that totally exhausts him. Monitor. I still don't know what to make of this. Viewer. Let me try drawing it. It's like a rag and it's wet. It's full of liquid. And they put it on Finnerty's face like that. Then they remove it and put it back on. Monitor. I see. So when he tries to breathe, viewer, right. He's getting less and less oxygen. And eventually, I don't know, might die from exhaustion, period. Monitor asks whether involved entities were humans. Viewer, they're all human. And there's like a drawing of him and something going on his face. Like the description for me in this is that it's water torture or some form of water torture according to this remote viewing session. And then there's a mapping section. So this is part seven. The viewer draws a simple map with a rough grid based on an actual map that is showing the locations, which is where Finnerty was dropped off for fishing, where he made his call, and then where his body was found. So like where he was dropped off to fish and where he was found, there was like a kind of a strange differential, really. I don't even know what to call it, but they're not all in one spot. So uh, this map kind of shows it. Let me see if I can pull this up. And this is the monitor. So the map shows kind of like there's a ping, like he had to have traveled far south and then farther up north. So it's very curious as how the ping took place. Monitor. Was Finnerty alone while going from number one to number two? Viewer says that at some specific point on that path that he was, others were showing up. Monitor. How was Finnerty being... How is he getting from number two and three on the map? Viewer, he is being brought. Monitor, and how do they carry him there? Viewer, now there's this feeling from the very beginning again, like something is being cooled, a refrigerator, a refrigerator truck or ice cube, something like that. Monitor, so in other words, by car, the answer is yes. So that's kind of the end of the remote viewing session. There are some some art, uh, some drawings that the RVers did for two hours. But it's very telling. I think that in this, it shows kind of some of what people know or suspect of this MO, the SFK MO. Abducted, drugged, right? So they're talking about him getting drugged with injections or something like that. Water torture, and then being cooled. I think one of the original cases out of across Wisconsin, uh, one of the men was definitely frozen right so he was frozen and then thawed out probably didn't happen to finnerty but i do think this the remote viewing is uh confirms i mean the the viewer is supposed to be totally blank so i think it confirms a lot of kind of the mo of what happened and, and that something you know finnerty met by misadventure but uh, there's a lot of research to be done. There's a lot of stuff online. You can go back online and probably look up because of Finnerty's kind of somewhat fame within the sports world. There was just so much written about him and about his disappearance and death. It's an important case. And I think I might have left out some of the stuff. I've, I definitely put it up on my YouTube channel back in the day, but because he wasn't found in water, didn't quite fit all of the check all the boxes for this. But uh, thank you for listening.